0: Hello, welcome to the Home with a Twist podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Austin Weeks. Growing up, pulling on my mother's apron strings, I learned to prepare fabulous food, entertain guests with style, and design a traditional home with a retro twist. I am the founder and editor-in-chief of the Home with a Twist blog, where I share my passion for finding joy in every day. Grab your coffee or iced tea and let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, welcome to the Home with a Twist podcast. This is Melissa Austin Weeks, and we are at episode six in the week of December the 4th, 2018. Hoping to finish the year with at least 10 podcasts before we hit 2019. So we'll see how I'm able to achieve that goal. But I really appreciate you all tuning in and giving me your comments and telling me how much you have enjoyed the content and some of the story ideas and that you especially love hearing the stories that I share about my family. So um, I do not disappoint today. I am going to tell you a little bit about my brother, my brother Jim. Every story Every family um, has a story. Addiction, dysfunction, divorce, communication issues, homelessness, abuse, and so on. We all have something. And I put that something into quotes. My something is loss of family members. And almost all of my memories growing up have been positive ones. I have really been so blessed. And I have shared them with you in every episode. Uh, Last week, I shared the loss of my son, John, and this week, I want you to know more about the story of my brother, Jim. Jim was 12 when I was born, and my sister tells the story that when she and my brothers learned that mother was expecting me, that sister cried because she was so happy, and the boys were totally grossed out. I think mainly because they were old enough to know that my parents had to have sex in order to have me and that was something that they just were not willing to consider. Initially they weren't very excited about the prospect of having a little brother or sister to contend with. Uh, The boys would go on to say that once I did arrive however it got them out of having to do a lot of chores because they had to play with Melissa. Mother said my feet didn't touch the ground until I was a toddler because someone was always holding me. Maybe that's why I've always felt so loved growing up because I was. I always had playmates and someone to hold me. Jim was always very loving. I do remember that as a child. In pictures of me when I was little you can see him and most of them holding me or carrying me around on his shoulders. After Mother tucked me in bed at night, Jim would come and get me out of my crib and put me into his bed. I would drift off to sleep while he sat at his desk doing homework. I guess he just wanted the nearness of me. I still remember him sitting at his desk, posters of the Beatles on the walls. One time I was struggling with a very loose tooth and I did not want to pull it. And he suggested that if I just let him pull it, that he would give me a very special present. And he followed through on his promise. I let him pull it, and he gave me the book, The Velveteen Rabbit, and a beautiful stuffed bunny rabbit that went with it. Jim had a very distinctive laugh, and when he was happy, his smile would light up the room. And he told really funny stories. There was a sweetness and a kindness and a gentleness about him. He had an analytical side to him too. He was very good at problem solving and fascinated at how things worked. He was always the person to go to when something needed fixing or tweaking. And he was a voracious reader. He enjoyed reading mysteries and crime novels and he and my mother would swap books with each other since she loved to read too. But all of his positive qualities were shadowed by the sadness that he felt inside. With me being so much younger than he, I can't really say how long he suffered from depression or what triggered it coming to be. I just know that when I became an adult, I could recognize the ebb and the flow of his happy times versus his sadness. And ultimately the pain and sadness were more than he could bear. And he took his own life about two months after my daddy passed away. And Jim was only 59. But I don't want his suicide to be what defines him in this story. I wish that he could have found a way to allow others to help him with his demons so that he didn't have to leave his wife or his son with this painful ending. But I do know that at the moment he decided that life was too painful to bear, I know that my dad was on one side and that Jesus was on the other, and together they took him to heaven where Jim now lives, whole, happy, and safe. If he couldn't be all those things in this life, he resonates those powerful things now. Suicide rates have increased 30% In 25 years. 46,000 people died of suicide which is twice the murder rate. Every 11 minutes someone dies from suicide. Since most of my podcasts are 30 minutes that means that tragically three people will have died by the time I am done with this episode. Since this is my podcast, I am entitled, I have free license to my opinion, which may differ from yours, and that is okay. Suicide, contrary to popular belief, is not a selfish act. The person isn't doing it to you as an act of vengeance. They are doing it because the pain they carry is too big to process. If you have a hard time understanding suicide and depression, I encourage you to learn more about it. A wonderful resource local to me is the Jordan Elizabeth Harris Foundation, whose mission is to eradicate suicide by funding depression research, creating awareness through education, erasing the stigma, and providing hope to those who are struggling in silence. Their vision is a world where suicide is never a choice. And their values are compassion, integrity, dedication and impact. They have an extensive website with great resources and if you're in a place in your life where you want to give back and volunteer, they have two amazing programs that you can be involved with. I encourage you that instead of passing judgment or thinking this could never happen to you or to someone you love, to rather empower yourself with facts and resources to be part of a community that can respond positively to people affected by a feeling of hopelessness and depression. The Jordan Elizabeth Harris Foundation is one of many organizations available. This past summer I had the most fun and the most honor in inviting some even total strangers to my home for a fundraiser And together we collected over $700 for the National Alliance for Mental Illness. I hosted a biscuit showdown where I took my favorite biscuit recipe and prepared it against the recipe that Joanna Gaines from the Fixer Upper fame on HGTV um, published in her cookbook and allowed the guests to conduct a blind taste test and to rate which biscuit they preferred. And happily I can report that my biscuit, Mrs. Twist's biscuit, Recipe one, unanimously. I want to leave you with this message from the Velveteen Rabbit that has always resonated with me. How in a lot of ways it tells the story of my brother's life. Real isn't how you were made. It's a thing that happens to you. Sometimes it hurts, but when you are real, you don't mind being hurt. It doesn't happen all at once. You become. Once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. Once you are real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts for always. When I think of Jim now, I see him reading books and laughing and sitting with mother and daddy. I see him enjoying life, free of pain and full of love. Thanks for letting me share that story. And we'll take a quick break. Okay, so we're back. And I wanted to ask you this question. What accomplishment are you most proud of from this past year?" That was a question that was posed in my recent issue of Real Simple Magazine. It's um, that section in the magazine where they will pose a question to readers and then they'll have readers write in, and they'll pick, like, the the best ten responses, and then I think one of the readers wins some kind of um, gift card or some kind of special gift for writing in the best answer. So when I read that, I looked through some of the responses, and it was um, things like, "I backed packed through a forty-mile section of the Appalachian Trail," um, "I learned how to to um, sew on my mom's old sewing machine," uh, "I retired after forty-five years in the workforce," "My husband and I bought a condo by the lake," and when after I read that, I thought, "Huh." what are my accomplishments this past year? And I couldn't think of anything that I just thought really resonated with me was an accomplishment. And then I kind of thought about it a little bit and I realized that one thing I did do this past year, which was different than I've ever done, is instead of picking a resolution, which I'm kind of anti New Year's resolutions, to me I feel like that's almost setting you you up for something that may not be easy to accomplish. Um, I think everybody says in January I'm gonna get more in shape, I'm gonna exercise, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds, da 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 da, and then by the end of January you've kind of forgotten about that. So I changed the paradigm on that a little bit this past year and in 2018 in January I picked a word or a mantra and decided to have that be the focus for my year. And the word that I picked was joie de vie, which is French, which means joy in life, joy in everything. And I really think that picking a word helped me to focus this past year, and it seemed to really work well with with me. I decided to treat every day as a celebration. Now that's not to say I didn't have some days here and there when I was upset about something or frustrated or anxious or angry, but I really did try to view my day and pick out something every day that I was happy about or that I celebrated. And I created a Pinterest board called Joie de Vie, and it's on my Pinterest, so if you want to access it, you are more than welcome to. And I just filled it with quotes and things that were empowering and ideas that would help me to accomplish that goal of celebrating every day. And so it got me to thinking, I think I'm going to do that again this year. Still trying to think about what word or mantra or phrase or what my my theme will be. But a couple of people that I follow on social media gave me some good things to think about. One of them is a woman named Cheryl Luckett, and I follow her on Instagram, and her Instagram handle is Dwell by Cheryl, and she's an entrepreneur. Her career is in home interior, home home design, and she's always posting some, you know, beautiful results of projects and just her life in general as being um, a businesswoman and trying to grow her business for the past five years. But one thing that she does every year, and I'm going to try to do it this year. I thought about doing it last year, and then before you knew it, several months went by, and I, I didn't accomplish it. But what she does when she puts away her Christmas decor and ornaments at the end of the holiday season is that she writes herself a note. And in that note, it can be anything. It could be a note of encouragement. It could be goals that she wants to accomplish for the year. Whatever she wants to have it be almost like a time capsule. And she puts it in an envelope and seals it and writes on the envelope her name. And she tucks it away and puts it in one of the boxes of her Christmas decorations that she knows that she'll access next year. And with it being tucked away, I'm guessing that she forgets about it. And then when she opens that box next Christmas, she's got a letter to herself. and she says it's always been a treat to open it and read to see how close she came to some of the things that she wanted to accomplish or um, just to have some positive words of affirmation to herself because I think that we tend to be our own best inner critic and need to give ourselves more grace than we do. Another idea came from Gretchen Rubin and she is, uh, has written several books I've written several of them, Happiness Project, The Four Tendencies. She has a great podcast on, I think you can find it on most podcast stations, but hers is The Happiness Project. And she said that one of the things she's going to do this next year is focus on something or a type of gift that she's going to give. So this year her theme is Gifts of Comfort. So whenever she gives gifts to clients or to friends or family members, they're all going to be related to the gift of comfort. Blankets, lotions, candles, comforting books, quotes or scriptures, socks, foods. Which made me, as I started to think about that, I started to think, what a great um, type of gift to give. Because everyone needs a warm and fuzzy. And... I came across another thing on social media recently called Spoonful of Comfort, and it's a business that will send boxes of soup mix and cookies. Um, I think if you go to their website, Spoonful of Comfort, I think you can get a 10% off coupon. I'll try to see if I can snag one as a blogger um, and share that with you on my blog. But from what I can understand, the box comes nicely packaged with a couple of boxes of soup mix. And you just add like broth and maybe your um, protein and then cookies. And there's uh, varying types of uh, menus that you can select. But I just thought, wouldn't that be a nice gift to kind of go along with your gifts of comfort um, to send to someone who's, recovering from surgery or an illness, or just had a baby or a loss of some kind, um, maybe moved, is getting ready to have surgery. For whatever reason, they're just needing a gift of comfort. I thought that that, that was a really clever idea. And you, you know, if you didn't want to spend the money, you could buy soup mixes at the grocery store. Trader Joe's has some great things that are not very expensive and you could just box those up with some, some fun things, some candy and um, maybe a mug, but uh, I just thought that was a really great idea. So I wanted to put that question out there to you, to challenge you. We still have three and a half weeks left before we start a new year. What is something that you want to focus on for 2019? Maybe step out of the comfort zone that you've put yourself into and try to do something different. Maybe you've said the same thing every year, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to take better care of myself. Well, maybe that's too broad of a goal Maybe it needs to be something more specific. Maybe I'm going to read at least one book on how to take better care of myself. Maybe that's that's a simpler goal. But I just want to challenge you to think about what you would pick. Something or maybe a word or a mantra. What would it be? And I would love to hear your feedback on my blog. So give that a quick thought and we'll take a short break. We'll be back. okay we are back and i'm going to share two things with you in this next part of our podcast one is the a recipe for a red hot cider Punch. it's a hot punch and in every podcast episode I try to share with you a cocktail recipe or a non-alcoholic recipe and this one is super easy Um, sister said that mother used to make this hot punch when she would host parties especially at the holidays or Valentine's Day so it's super retro perfect I have it pinned to on Pinterest under a board I have called just a sip sip and I've got tons of cocktail recipes and punch recipes on there. So if you're needing some things um, for the holidays and you're not sure you're kind of at a loss be sure to check that out. I'd love for you to to follow along. What you do is you take nine cups of apple cider and half a cup of Red Hots. I think Red Hots are kind of hard to find at Christmas time. they always seem to be plentiful at Valentine's Day, which might have been why Mother always made this at Valentine's Day but I think you could probably find them more than likely you could find them on Amazon. But what you do is you pour your apple cider into a percolator and you place the red hot candies in the percolator basket. You cover and you begin the percolating cycle and when the cycle is complete you remove the basket and leave the punch in the pot to keep warm and it just makes this red spicy apple-y just yummy Punch that you just pour into a mug, and if you wanted to be ultra cool, you could stick a cinnamon stick in there. I uh, found a, a percolator when I went to Oklahoma this past weekend with Bestie. We went into a resale shop. That a lot of them there were. They have the booths, and you can buy things secondhand. And I bought a percolator that I honestly don't think had ever been used, and it still had the original scoop for scooping out coffee to measure into the percolator basket. And I can't wait to make this punch recipe in there. I have a stand on my coffee station in my family room that's one of those two-tiered stands, and on one stand, on one shelf, it has all of my Santa mugs and mason jars filled with homemade hot cocoa mix and homemade marshmallows, a little milk jar that has a lid with chocolate sprinkles, Uh, Christmas napkins, and I found the cutest peppermint spoons at CVS. I think it came with a package of maybe six or eight spoons, and so literally, if someone wanted to make a cup of hot cocoa, they could get a little essence of, of peppermint by using one of the peppermint spoons. But it's all packaged right there, so when people stop by, they can help themselves to a hot cocoa, If they'd rather have coffee, my Verissimo is right next to it, so they could make a nice cup of coffee. And then you could also have this Red Hot Punch as an option in a carafe as well. So that's a really fun recipe for the holiday. And the other thing that kind of goes along with the holidays is I have told you before about this app I love to have on my phone called TouchNote. T-O-U-C-H-N-O-T-E, TouchNote. It's a free app. You do have to pay for the products that you have made but the app is free and I'm hosting a happy hour for the ladies in my neighborhood and I used this app to create their postcard invitations and it took me like less than five minutes to create the artwork on another app I use called Word Swag. I uploaded some pictures from a couple of sites that I uh, can get free stock of photos and created a really cute little invitation on the other side I created the text they do the mailing for me and I think for maybe like $1.83 including postage I was able to multiply that by six and so for less than ten dollars I mailed out really cute custom invitations to all my neighborhood ladies for the happy hour I'm going to host and it makes anything but it primarily makes postcards you can also do canvas prints but I, I quite honestly think you could probably get cheaper rates for some of the other items through like Walgreens or CVS or Costco. But I do like to use it to make postcards because it will take photos directly from your phone and instantly creates a postcard. So for like Miss B at college, she loves to get postcards from us of pets, our pets. I don't know that she gets as excited if I send a postcard of a picture of me, but whenever she gets one of Hazel or any of the cats, she really likes that. When I was on there, I saw that they've added a postcard to Santa, or from Santa, to a child. So I, what I did was I sent one to my niece. She'll be four in March, and it is adorable. Um, the postcard on the front has a picture of Santa in his sleigh, and then on the back, it has a note that says, uh, Well, hello there. I've been very busy at the North Pole, but managed to take a nice break and check my list, I see that you've been very good this year, so I will be stopping by on Christmas Eve. Don't forget to leave me a little snack. Lots of love, Santa. And then you can address it to the child and then they'll mail it. And it has a really cute little um, Christmas stamp that they use for the postage. And the company is donating 10% of the profit to a charity called Variety. It's a children's charity. So for about $2, you're sending a child a really cute little anonymous postcard. There's not a way for you to personalize it from you. So the child, unless the parent knows, won't know it came from anybody else but Santa. So that's a really cute idea. And you're also donating to a good cause. So those are two of my Christmas tips and we're going to take a short break and come back and play a really fun game of this or that, Christmas edition. Okay, you know that I love to play icebreakers. It's a great way to get to know people. I talked about them in, I think, episode five maybe the episode before this um, as a great way to engage people in conversation at the Thanksgiving table. So I love the game called This or That where you give people the option of would you rather do this or would you rather do that? And I found a Christmas themed edition on Pinterest. Where else? I have pinned it to my icebreakers board on Pinterest. Feel free to go and find this and many other ways to get to your guests to engage and get to know each other. So, and I've heard from many of you out there that you loved playing this game with me when I um, talked about it in a previous episode. So here we go. Would you rather have to wrap 100 presents with the elves or load 100 presents into Santa's sleigh? And definitely I would have to say that I would want to wrap 100 presents. And here's why. When I was little, my job growing up I think my my siblings were already at the house by this point, so mother had to do shopping for everybody still. But she didn't want to wrap presents. So she would take one of the guest bedrooms in the house and buy all kinds of beautiful wrapping paper, tissue paper, ribbons, bows, tags. And my job was to wrap everyone's presents. They all had to be different, and I would get a quarter for each gift that I wrapped. And since... Back when I was little, department stores, this was an, a um, feature that many department stores offered their, their customers. If you purchased a gift in the store, you could take it. And I think in the back in the old days, I think compl- you could get things wrapped complimentary. And then they started making it into a moneymaker. And now I don't think they do it at all anymore. But I was I wanted to work behind that counter at those department stores and wrap those packages. So being the um, very creative um, kid who loved to play store, I would pretend like it was, I would have customers and they would come to the desk and they would say, yes, I'm wanting this gift wrapped for my daughter-in-law that lives in California, so I want it to look very beachy. So I would write out a little order form and you know, say, customer, what's a beachy-themed gift wrap? And then I would wrap it, and then I would pretend like she came to pick it up, and we would just have this moment where she was so excited and thought it was beautiful. So my answer, long story short, to that question was I would rather wrap 100 presents than exert the energy to put 100 presents into Santa's sleigh. Okay, the next one. Would you rather eat 75 Christmas cookies or drink a gallon of Holiday Punch? I would have to say I'd rather eat 75 Christmas cookies, that I could easily do that. I don't think I would want to drink the gallon of Holiday Punch, and here's kind of a funny thing. Holiday Punch has lots of sugar in it, not that the cookies don't, but I think I would rather do the cookies, indulge in the different cookies. Would you rather swim in a pool of eggnog or a pool of warm cocoa? I think I would rather swim in the pool of warm cocoa. I think eggnog might be kind of gross. I like eggnog, but I just don't know that I would want to swim in it. Would you rather go for a week with only singing Christmas carols or only humming "Old Lang sign? I think I would have to say only singing Christmas carols because I find "Old Lang Syne to be extremely depressing. I don't like for Christmas to be over, and to me that's that's a song you sing for New Year's. Would you rather go... The entire holiday season without Christmas shows and movies, or without Christmas music. Hmm. I don't think I could do without Christmas music. I start playing Christmas music in my home and at work November first. I have done an ample job of preparing my family and coworkers that that's the case, so I think they're all used to it by now. Um, I think I could go without shows and movies, although I love to watch Christmas movies and the Hallmark Channel, but definitely I could not do without Christmas music. Would you rather be a dancer in the Nutcracker Ballet or sing a solo in your school or church's Christmas pageant? I don't know. My secret profession is to be a lounge singer. So... But I think if I had to do it in my school or my church's Christmas pageant, I, I would know people. So I'd rather do it anonymously. So I guess in this case, I'd have to say I'd rather do a solo dance in the Nutcracker Ballet. Would you rather be the one to see Santa come down the chimney or be the one to receive the most presents under the tree? You know, when I was younger, I probably would have said more presents under the tree, but now I have gotten to be, as I get older, I've gotten to be so nostalgic. There's been so many times that I wish I could go back and and not relive my childhood, but just kind of go back and be able to observe the magic of being a child at Christmas and the kitschiness of Christmas decorations back in the 60s when I was little. The presents that I got I don't even remember some of the things that I got, but I know they were fabulous. Um, Even this past weekend when my bestie and I were in Oklahoma and we were in Pahuska, we went to the Pioneer Woman's Territory. Just some of the old buildings that we walked past and I imagined what kind of stores they were, what kind of people shopped in them, what kind of wares they sold, um, who built the buildings. I just have such a huge wonderment for what things used to be like and so i i know that was a long-winded answer i would rather, i would rather see santa come down the chimney instead of getting the most presents i don't i don't need any presents i have everything i need would you rather go for a ride in santa's sleigh or take a ride on the polar express i think i would want to ride in santa's sleigh i just want to see that whole process of how he stops at each house, and the teamwork involved with Santa and his elves, and, and all that magic. I think I would rather do that. Would you rather live in a neighbor, in a gingerbread house or work in Santa's workshop? I think I would want to work in Santa's workshop because, again, I would want to see how all the elves work together, the dynamics of the different elves' personalities, um, their productivity. I just would want to see that whole thing. And plus, I would want to... I would really want to have a close relationship with Mrs. Claus. Would you rather have the ability to fly like a reindeer or the ability to create snowmen that speak? I think I would want to fly like a reindeer. I've always wondered what it would be like to fly. Would you rather go forward in time and spend Christmas morning as an adult or back in time and spend Christmas morning as a child? And I just answered that a few questions ago. I definitely would want to go back and experience that wonderment of getting up in the morning and running downstairs to see what Santa left me and going and waking mother and daddy up and every year that I would do it I'd walk into their room and I'd say it's Christmas it's Christmas it's time to get up and mother would be so excited and daddy would do this on purpose he would go oh gosh I can't believe I have to get up it's so early but you know he was excited would you rather have snow on Christmas morning or a warm 80 degree Christmas day? Hands down, absolutely, 100% snow on Christmas morning. Would you rather live at the North Pole for a year or at the International Space Station for a year? At totally the North Pole. I know it would be cold but I, again I would want to see that whole process of how they produce toys at the North Pole and you know the whole inner workings and infrastructure of the North Pole, totally. Would you rather have bright green hair or bright red teeth? Uh, I think bright green hair because I could wear a hat. Would you rather go flying on the back of a reindeer or test some of the toys made by the elves? Totally test the toys made by the elves, especially Barbie. If they had a new Barbie they were rolling out. Would you rather have to read your diary at the Christmas dinner table or make a movie of your most embarrassing moment and show it to all of us after dinner? I don't have a diary, so I guess I would have to make a movie of my most embarrassing moment, and I, I honestly don't know what that would be. So um, that certainly is one to, to think about. So there are probably 50 more questions that I didn't answer, but for risk of time, you can go and check those out yourself on my Pinterest board. I hope you've had fun with me today on this episode. It's kind of been lighthearted, and all I want you to do Is our mantra, my mantra at the end of every episode is to tell you and encourage you to celebrate every day. And I hope that you go out this week and you do something that's really fun and give it some thought about what your goals and your mantra or your kind of like your key influencers are going to be for 2019. And I would love to hear those. Be sure to check out my blog, uh, homewithatwist.com. I will put all the show notes and links to the things that i talked about in the show today. Be sure to tell your friends and you can find my podcast um, on SoundCloud but on most podcast stations. I hope you all have a great week and I'll look forward to chatting with you next week. So that's a wrap for this week's chat. I want to thank my sponsor, Jabo's Ace Hardware. Locally owned and operated, Jabo's strives to be the most helpful hardware store in our community. Shop any of their three locations in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I'd love for you to visit my blog, homewithatwist.com, for today's show notes and recent posts. Follow me on social media at HomeWithATwist. Thanks for listening, and remember to celebrate every day.